connecting together, growing stronger together. 2019 will be a year that we want it to be. We get to choose what kind of year 2019 will be, okay? And I'm telling you, when you're able to connect with other members of the body and you're able to help one another, come on, man, that's what it's about. That's why we do this. Yes, we want to grow closer to Jesus, but one way you do grow closer to Jesus is by helping one another, doing the small things, taking each other out to eat dinner on Sunday, being happy to see each other, just being excited, man, that you're a believer, you're a follower of Christ, letting that, that, that joy just shine all over your face. And that's what we're going to talk about today, because I believe moving into 2019, there's two things that I personally want to do, okay? I want to run a marathon in 2019. All right. Hallelujah. Blender's like Nathan. <laughs> Let's take it one step at a time. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, 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 no. I'm going to go all out, and I believe I'm going to do it, uh, and I'm going to do it big, okay? I just, I, that's just my goal, okay? I'm not saying none of y'all can, you know I mean, I know y'all ain't wanting to. You think, well, go ahead, bro. Have yourself out. You know but, uh, but, but seriously, guys, I mean, I want to go into 2019 in excellence and joy. That means everything I do, I want it to bring glory to God. And I don't want to do it halfway. I want to do it the best I can do, everything. If I'm working for somebody, I want them to be so happy that I'm at that company. I want to treat their company as if it's my own. I want to give them my best. I don't want to be on the cell phone all day. I don't want to be checking my Facebook during the day. No, I want to give that boss everything I've got because how I sow into him is how God's going to be able to sow into my life. You know what I'm saying? And I'm telling you, man, I know in the phone it's there, you know, but I think in 2019 we need to say phone. Uh, you're going to fast me, okay? <laughs> You're going on a fast, okay? But let's begin to do things in excellence. In your family, be the best wife you can be. Be the best husband you can be. Be the best mom and dad you can be. Let people look at you and go, wow. I mean, if you own a business, you want to own that business with excellence. Excellence, I mean, when they walk into your store, they want to be blown away with the excellence that's all around. And it may not be what somebody else is excellent with, but do your best, because when you do your best, it opens up the door for more to happen, okay? For you to have more, better things or whatever. But another thing I want to see as a church that we take into 2019 is joy, 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 joy. Joy, joy, joy. I want us to be so excited to be with each other. I want to be so excited to be out there in the world. Just be so excited. Wherever you go, smile. Be happy. We're going to talk about that today. Because it's very heavy in the Bible, it's, it's listed over and over again about joy. Joy, joy, joy. Matter of fact, let's go to Nehemiah and let's see what Nehemiah had to say about it. Nehemiah 8:10. And like I said, we're going to start something new next week. We'll go into the new year kicking and man, just seeing God do some amazing things. But today, I just wanted to kind of bring you a message on joy. The world needs to see this, guys. You need to see it. It's amazing. But Nehemiah 8:10. Nehemiah said this. Now, granted, Nehemiah had just left. Uh, a place where he was actually with the king, right beside the king. He was kind of like what they would consider like a cupbearer or something. He was right next to the king. He served the king. And he said, hey, look, king, will you let me go back to my hometown? Because the walls had fell down. They were in trouble. It was, it was a really bad time. And he wanted to go help them build their walls back. So he leaves and he goes back. So he's helped them do this. Well, at this time, you know, the priests have, have kind of ministered to the people and kind of shared some things with the people. And Nehemiah is just trying to encourage the people. And he gives them a bit of advice that I think all of us could actually tap into. He said, go and enjoy cho choice food and sweet drinks. Mm -hmm. Amen. I'm up for that. Hallelujah. That's good advice. And send some to those who have nothing prepared. How many of you know? Amen. We need to go help those that don't have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our God. He said, do not grieve. 
Look at the next. Let's all say it together. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is not an emotion. It's a choice. It's a position that we choose to be in every day. Because Jesus even said, and we'll say a little bit of this later on, Jesus said in Hebrews that there was some joy set before him as he was going to the cross. You can't tell me that joker was laughing and smiling. No. He was hurting. He was in pain. So joy is not determined by pain. It's not determined by circumstances. It's not determined by none of that. Now, don't get me wrong. Laughing, smiling can actually be, uh, you know, it, it can come from joy, no doubt about it. Joy can touch your emotions. But joy is a position. So today I want to talk about joy. 2019 is going to be a year of great joy for Revolution Church. Great joy. Why? Because joy is our strength. And if we're going to be strong in the Lord, we've got to have joy. I'm going to tell you something, guys. Christians should be the happiest people on the planet. The happiest people. I'm talking about you should be so happy. I mean, you could be going through a storm in life. I mean, things going wrong. You need a kidney transplant, whatever it may be, and you still have joy. Why? Because joy is not an emotion. Joy is not a circumstance. Joy is a place you stand. When all else is going crazy, we stand because we choose to believe God's going to work it out. And if we know God's going to work it out, we can be joyful. Amen? If we ever doubt he's not going to work it out, well, yeah, you've got a reason to throw your hands up there and run. <laughs> Woo, he ain't got me. I've got to get out of here. But no, God's got you. We are going to say it over and over and over until we're all walking it out every day in our life. I'm going to say it. I'm hoping and I'm praying that every series we preach is going to have some type of joy mixed in it. Now, God knows that. He'll lead us in the right direction. But I think we need to see a bunch of happy faces. I think we need to be excited every day of our life. Not because of what you may be going through. Now, we don't get excited when we're sick. Oh, man, I've got no blue. I'm so excited. No, 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 no. We don't get excited when things ain't going right. We don't get excited when we lose our job. No, we get excited because we know a God that can help us get out of that situation. Amen? We don't rejoice in the problem. We rejoice in the God that can bring us out of the problem. That's what I do, man. Come on, man. God can bring you out, you know? I mean, God knew he needed a kidney before he knew he needed a kidney. And God already had it set up. But what if, what if, just the what if, he would have begun to just go, you know what, it never, nothing good ever happens to me. I'm just, this is terrible. And he began to take that approach, of, oh, woe is me, woe is me. And I mean, it's just like, man, I, you know, why go to church, man? I mean, my life's ruined. I mean, I, who's going to give me a kidney? What if he had took that approach? Who's to say he would have ever got a kidney? Who's to say he'd even be alive right now? But because he decided to take a different road, hallelujah, and choose a different path, there was things that happened that not only did he get a kidney, he got probably one of the best kidneys you probably could ever ask for, okay? I mean, so I mean, God will work things out. We are not going to, and this is big, I want everybody to hear what I'm about to say, okay? We're not going to complain about this church. We're not going to complain about that church. Why is it not this way? Why is it not that way? We're going to be the church, amen, just be the church, and then we're going to attend Revolution Church and not judge Revolution Church. Amen. What would an atmosphere look like if you never judged anything around here no more? And you never gossiped around here anymore? It's quiet because it almost seems like a miracle. You know, I know uh, God split the Red Sea. You know, that's, you know we can kind of understand that. 
But getting a church to only just sit around and talk good about each other? Wow. Now that's a thought. I want us to be a church that brags on each other. Even when you feel like saying something negative about each other. Ain't that right, Gene? We always have that temptation to say something negative, right? And it's easy. It's easy. It's easy to point out the negative in people's lives. But what if we took a different road? What if we become that church that when you go to, it's a safe place. It's a place you can go to and your secrets are safe. Your issues are safe. They embrace you. They're not there to get information about you and to go talk about you. Oh, man, I'm talking about a church that you didn't get your way down on Sunday morning. It didn't go the way you wanted it to. Shucks. And she goes home smiling and praising God. Because she didn't come to get her way. She come to get His way. Amen? It's all about the Savior. It's all about Jesus, man. Even on our worst day, okay, He's still the God of the universe. He's still the God of your heart. And He's still the God that can get you through anything in life. Let's don't be a church that is complaining and arguing and fussing and fighting. Amen? Let's be a church when we show up, we're high-fiving, we're hugging, we're cheering each other on, no matter what the situation is. Let's be our own biggest fans. I mean, come on, man, you've been to those games, man, or maybe you haven't. All those that have been to the football games and you've been to the things like that, man, when your team is maybe down, what do they do? The cheerleaders, come on, y'all get it, let's go. We got to cheer them on. We got, and they start rumbling the build, man. Be down by three touchdowns. And, man, the whole build just starts shaking. Man, the, the uh, what's it, the Megatrons or the TVs are just going, make some noise. Do, 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 do. I mean, they're rocking. And the team's losing. I mean, man, come on. Now, I know half of them don't even know the name and they drunk so much, but you know what? They see the sign blinking. We got to make some noise. We got to get excited. That's the way with the church, man. As many of us come in here that just need to be cheered on, need to be rallied on, man. And when they come into an atmosphere and we say, no, 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 depression, you ain't staying here. Uh-uh, we're going to cheer you on. You can do it, Pam. You can do it, Frank. You can go. Keep going. Jesus is with you. And we're doing it. Guess what happens? Man, we leave believing we can do it. And we know that we have a family that's behind us. That you're not standing alone. That you're standing with somebody else. That's what people in the community are looking for. They're looking for a safe place to come. To where they feel they matter. Where they really do feel like they matter somewhere. And we want to do that. Not just Nathan. I want all of us to do that. When people walk in that door, they're not just a number. They're a human being with a heart and blood pumping through with feelings and emotions and hurts and pains and struggles. And they need somebody to wrap their arms around them. They need to see some joy. They need to see a smile because they don't get to see that everywhere. Amen. You know it. you've got jobs, you've got places of work and employment. And when you go to those places, not everybody's happy. When you go to school, not everybody's happy at school. I mean, when you hang around some of your friends, not everybody's happy. But I can tell you what. You get in an atmosphere where people are laughing and having a good time. And I can promise you, people will be glad they're there. Even if they don't catch on at first, maybe they're a little bit shy because their atmosphere has been so negative. But you get around an atmosphere where, man, everybody's pumped up and everybody's excited. You get into a stadium to where maybe you're not that loud. You're kind of reserved. But the team gets down. The TVs start blinking, and all your rows around you are high-fiving and screaming and hollering. All of a sudden, you look around and go, Woo! Let's go, let's go, let's go! And you don't even do it. 
This just jumped on you, man. I mean, it's on you. This is time to go. Well, guys, that's the same way we got to be. Because the devil is always trying to make the scoreboard look like you ain't winning. Come on. He's always trying to make that scoreboard look like you, you down three scores. You down a touchdown. I mean, no matter how hard you work, that sign starts bleaking. You, you, you're going down. You're behind. But I'm going to tell you what, man, like the angels rejoice when somebody gets saved and turns their life to Jesus. We need to get saved because we know our God's turning our situation around and we're about to score the winning touchdown. Amen. Amen. And we don't quit. We don't give up. We keep going, going, going. Why? Because we're full of joy. We're strong in the Lord because of that joy. That joy. Man, check your joy meter today. Because God's going to fill that joy meter up. He's going to fill that joy tank up and get you pumped up and get you fired up. Not because things in your life look better when you leave today. No, 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 no. Our joy don't come from external. Our joy comes from internal. Knowing and knowing that God's got us. Man, if you're in the hands of a big God, come on, man. If you're in the hands of a big God, you have no reason not to believe that he's going to get you out of this. Boom! Man, I know, man. God, ain't none of that in my notes, man. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Sometimes you just want to throw these notes away and just go. <laughs> mm. I've been meditating on this all week. Hallelujah. Now, check this out now. We're going to be so full of joy that even if the devil tried to get us to talk about our church or another church or talk about each other, we're going to just laugh at him and keep being full of joy. It don't matter if the devil comes to you and says, hey, look, you're sick. You're going to die. You're going to be broke. You ain't going to find a job. You, you know, your family ain't going to never come around. Your loved ones are going to continue to sin. They're going to continue to be lost. We're going to laugh at him and we're going to continue to choose joy. We're going to laugh at him. And sometimes you have to laugh by faith. Sometimes you need to go get in the mirror and just look at it and go, ha, 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 ha. Or maybe play a YouTube video of a little baby just laughing. Come on, man. Everybody can laugh at a little baby. Come on, man. Just laugh. Create an atmosphere of joy. When you sense that the actual atmosphere is starting to get a little bit negative, oh, man, YouTube's there for you. YouTube's there for you. Come on, man. We got, we got videos galore. Crank it up in your house and begin to laugh. Kids, get in here. We're going to laugh for an hour. And see how you feel after you laugh. I've never seen somebody get, I've never laughed like crazy and then just all of a sudden went, oh gosh, man, we ain't never going to make it. Man, when I get done laughing, there's something that's released on the inside of me that, man, I'm ready to go. I mean, that's like, man, I've done hit another gear. Let's go. Let's keep laughing. This is fun. But you get around somebody, it's just all, oh, oh my gosh. I mean, then that's when you want to say, does the scripture say you can murder? Is that what it says? I mean, because you just want to end it. Okay, look, man, you're better off just going to be with Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. If the devil can steal your joy, check this out, then he has succeeded in making you weak, and then he can take advantage of you. Let me tell you something. The enemy don't play fair. And if he can get you to be down a little bit, begin to lose your joy, you know, your joy meter over here. Maybe your joy meter's done hit so low that the light's blinking. Bing, bing, bing. Man, you low. You need to get by the joy station. And you need to get some joy. Amen? Maybe it's doing that today. Maybe you're at a place where you say, man, dude, I've just exhausted everything. Be careful because that's where the enemy wants us to be. He don't want you to be excited. That's the last thing he wants. Especially being excited about what God's doing in your life. No, 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 no. He wants you to be sad. He wants you to be depressed. But remember that now. The devil is not playing fair. That's your enemy, not your church members, not your co-workers, not your bosses. They are not your enemy, okay? 
They are physical bodies that the enemy will use sometimes to seem like they're your enemy. But the enemy is constantly trying to get you down, to get you to lose that joy, get you weak to where he can come in and start attacking. But we're not going to let him, are we? No, no. ain't going to happen. Not, not with us. Not with us. We live in a world that seems to be what? Absent of joy. We live in a world that seems to be filled more so with hate, depression, anger, hurt, hopelessness. I mean, when you look around, it ain't hard to team up with somebody that's struggling. We can, it's not hard to find a group of... Matter of fact, if you start talking about how times are rough, you will get a crowd very quick. You start talking about how things just ain't going right, oh, you'll get a crowd really, really quick. But at the end of that meeting that y'all have that is formed by the devil, when you break the huddle, you are going to feel so without. You're going to feel so weak. You're going to feel so lost. You're going to feel empty on the inside. Because no life has came out of that right there. But uh, on the other hand, you find a, another group that's over here in the huddle. And the game plan is, hey guys, I tell you what, man, God's doing some big things. And I'm going to tell you what, man, good things are happening in my life. I mean, man, the joy is just, I'm bubbling in my family. Man, I got joy, man, I'm reading the Word, and man, God's showing me things. And you get in an atmosphere where joy and laughter is happening, you'll walk away from that empowered, ready to do something. It's a spiritual thing, guys. It's a spiritual thing, and y'all know it to be true. Hallelujah. The world needs to see the joy of the Lord. Sadly, but a lot of Christians are guilty of some of these things. What things? Depression, sad, hopeless. Anger, hate, we fall right into it. I'm telling you guys. And I'm going to tell you, Facebook and social media can be a platform the enemy uses to suck you in to some negativity. Yes. Amen, Nathan, you're right. Yes. And maybe you won't post something about the post. Maybe you're better than that. Whoop, whoop. But maybe you'll go talk to somebody about the post you read and generate negative conversations that bring no life. Guys, look, let me let you in on something. You're not going to fix the president. You're not going to fix the Congress. You're not going to fix the House of Representatives. You're not going to fix the world's problems. Go ahead and get that behind you right now. So let's, let's work on things we can help, things we can change. How you pray for the president, how you pray for Congress, how you pray for the House of Representatives, how you pray for America, how you pray. You can do that right there. Amen. That's what helps us. All the other nonsense is not helping nobody. And it's not bringing no joy. Okay? Matter of fact, if you've got something negative to say about my country, don't come talk to me. I don't want to talk to you. Does everybody hear that? That's about as loud as I can make it. I don't want to hear your negativity. Okay? I live in a good country. This is my country. I was born here. I'm going to fight for my country. I'm going to pray for my country. I'm going to thank God for my country. Just like if I was born in Africa. I would be shouting for my country. I'd be praying for my country if I was born in, in the Caribbean. It don't matter, man. I'm going to stand for my country and I'm going to pray for the leaders there. That's why we're here. Amen? Not to complain. and do all, no, 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 Let's don't do that. 2019 is going to be a year of prayer, a year of joy. Why? Because joy is our strength. We have to be strong in the Lord, guys, to be able to accomplish what God has us to accomplish. You cannot do it in your own strength. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit that is supposed to be on display every day for people to see. It is supposed to be on display every day. And we're going to get into a little bit of that. Let's look at John 15, 1 through 11. I'm going to read a few scriptures. And I want you all to see the contrast and how these connect. This is Jesus talking in every one of these verses. 
John 15, 1. And we're going to read down to verse 11. And just listen to it and let the Word penetrate your heart. Just let the Word do what the Word does. Jesus said, I am the true grapevine. Now, he's using a metaphor here, okay? Jesus was not a grapevine, okay? He's just using this as a metaphor. He says, I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce what? Fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit. So if you're bearing fruit, he's pruning you. This is going to be a little uncomfortable. If you're bearing no fruit in the kingdom of God, it's better that you be broken off and put away because you're causing more damage than good. Okay, gardener. And he knows if his kingdom is going to produce, he's got to prune the trees. He's got to prune the branches. And the branches are us. So he has to prune us. So he says... In verse 3, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. He's talking to his disciples. And he said to his disciples and maybe others that were listening, he said, remain in me and I will remain in you. What did he say? Remain in me and I will remain in you. What's the first initial statement? You remain in me. That means we have a call. We have a duty. We have, we have something that we got to do. And then he said he would remain in us. And he said, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Have y'all ever seen a branch that was cut off of a tree and thrown off into the woods? Come back and look at it in you know, 30 days. Will it still look the same? No. It's dead. The life has been out of it. It's dead. And he's saying that we need to stay in him. And he said in verse 5, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce how much fruit? Much, much fruit. All right, well, what's the next part say? For apart from me, you can do how much? Nothing. nothing. You can do nothing without him. Verse 6, Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Man, guys, that is a heck of a promise. All we got to do is remain in him and his words remain in us and we can ask whatever we want. Why would he make such a bold statement to people about that? Because you would think, well, somebody abuse that and go ask something stupid. No. If he's in you and his words are in you, you're going to be asking what the Father wants to be accomplished, not what you want. You know what I'm saying? That's the whole objective here. And he goes on to say, in verse uh, 8, When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. He goes on to verse 9, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you may be filled with whose joy? My joy. And he goes on to say, yes, your joy will overflow. Jesus left us His joy. He didn't need it in heaven, okay? He left us His joy, His earthly joy that was in Him while He was a human being filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with God. That's the joy He left for us to partake of once we said yes to Jesus. Now, I want to read another portion of Scripture that goes with that because He's talking about this fruit. He's talking about this fruit that would absolutely grow on us, on the branches. We go to Galatians 5.22 and the Bible says this. Paul writes to the Galatians, uh, the church of Galatia. He says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruits that are produced by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is no longer here. 
So Jesus is telling the disciples that I'm about to go away. That's what John chapter 15, 16, all that's about is he's telling his disciples that I'm going away and I'm going to send a comforter. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit, this person is going to come and he's going to live and abide in you just like I have abided with you guys. And you're going to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit's bringing some fruit that is supposedly going to be producing on your branch. These are the fruits that should be producing on our branches. Your life and my life. These fruits right here. And how we stay connected to Jesus, because you know in a vine or a tree, all the nutrients come up through the root, they go in the tree, and then they're dispersed out the branches. Jesus is using this vine illustration because they, were, they had vineyards back then, okay? So they would understand what he's talking about. He knew the branches would have grapes on it, stuff like that. They would actually be able to connect with the fact that a vine comes up and it has branches going out. Well, in us, we don't have vineyards, but we do understand the concept of a tree, that it has roots, and the roots are in the ground, and the ground is what gives that tree nutrients that comes up through the actual tree and then shoots out through the branches. The tree will continue to survive even if the branch is picked off and thrown away. It don't kill that tree. That tree will keep living. The branch will die. That's what Jesus is saying. If we don't stay connected to him, then guess what? We're going to die. We're going to wither. And Paul is just, be, he's, he's giving us a little bit of enlightenment of what Jesus showed him, that what should be on that branch is these fruits of the Spirit. These fruits should be on our branches. Fruits, fruit is produced by us living by the Holy Spirit. The closer we get to the Holy Spirit, the more we look like him. Did you know that? Who you hang around is who you become. Who you hang around is who you talk like, who you act like, the company that you're around, the music you listen to, the people that you're around. That's who you're going to actually be like. He's saying that if we'll begin to get connected to the Holy Spirit and fellowship with Him. How many of y'all can say hello to the Holy Spirit? Real easy, right? Don't take a lot of work. But that's what He's waiting on. And the more we fellowship with the Holy Spirit, the more these fruits begin to come into us. And they begin to develop in our lives because we begin to take on the Holy Spirit's nature. This fruit is what Jesus is talking about in John 15. The fruits of the Holy Spirit are to be swinging off our branches so when we get close to people, they can just pick some fruit off our branch and experience the power that is in each fruit. That's our job, people. This is our, our, our call is to have these fruits. Y'all know when y'all plant a fruit tree, it don't just grow up and start producing peaches right off the bat. No, the tree grows, the branches grow, and it could take years before the actual peach comes to full development along with other peaches. It takes time. Well, it's the same thing with us. When we get saved, we get connected. Salvation, the Holy Spirit connects us to Jesus, right? And now we're connected to the vine. He's telling us to stay connected to the vine. Don't leave. That's implying that you and I can leave the vine. Whenever we decide to. And that happens a lot. People will lose, they'll, they'll leave the vine and get out here. And their fruit withers up and it starts, and they wonder why they don't have no joy. They don't have no peace. Their life ain't going the way they want it to go. You've disconnected from the vine. But if we'll stay connected to the vine, all those nutrients that are coming up through that vine and through that tree will continue to feed our branch. And our branch will get stronger and stronger. And it looks a lot more appealing to people. Friend, the best thing you could do to your friends and family is to offer them this fruit. They're not going to read it in the Scriptures. They're going to need to see it on us before they ever get it in the Scripture. But the best thing you can give somebody that's depressed is you can give them some joy. You can give them some hope. And that's what the fruit on you is all there to do. That's why I say we should be the happiest people on the planet. 
People should look at us and just be, man, there's something about you that makes me want to be around you. I like being in your company. I like going out to eat with you. They may not be able to put it in words, but it's that fruit that's hanging on your branch. That's why we stay connected to Jesus. That's the big thought of the day. We got to stay connected to the vine in 2019. Stay connected because the enemy's going to constantly be trying to get you and break you off and throw you in the woods. Now, hopefully that you'll wither away and just disappear. Sometimes we Christians tend to downplay the meaning of joy. But the Greek word translated as joy in Galatians 5 means gladness and delight. Basically the same thing the world means when it talks about joy. It is a feeling of gladness based on our circumstances. Sadly, the world's joy cannot last because it is based on people, material things, and physical circumstances. But the joy of the Lord is established in our spiritual, eternal circumstances as we cling tight to Jesus abiding daily in our saving relationship with Him. We will experience the fullness of joy He promised. Now again, I've got a few pictures that I want to show you guys, okay? That just are kind of important to me, okay? And I'll explain them as they pop up. That bring me some joy and bring me some, bring me some happiness. Hallelujah. We don't have them. Okay. That's not my house, but I do have a house. Okay. And my house brings me some joy. Okay. So don't drive up my property and think that's what you're going to see. Okay. <laughs> this is for illustration purposes only. Okay. I do like the house. That's why I picked it. But my house brings me a sense of joy. I mean, y'all homeowners or even if you got an apartment, it brings you some joy that you got your own place. Amen. But this does bring me, you know, some joy and happiness. The next one, hallelujah. Again, this is not my car, all right? <laughs> but if it was, don't judge me, okay? I just saw it and I liked it, okay? But a car can bring you a little joy, right? I mean, when you get a new car, I think Michelle and Dwayne, which are not here today because her birthday was this weekend, she just got a new car. Now, I'm sure Michelle is very happy about that new car, okay? Like everybody is when you get a new car. So, not my car, but a car that I get makes me happy, okay? I have a little bit of joy. The next one. <laughs> now, we do own these. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we do not own this, okay? This was kind of like a vacation spot. I figured it was kind of out of the ordinary. I've never stayed in nothing like this. But I, I, I don't know about you guys, but wouldn't that be kind of a relaxing place, like a vacation? We'd all be happy. We'd be so full of joy. Amen? I mean, it would be fun. I'd like to go there. I don't know where it's at, but it just I saw the picture. And I said, hmm, I like it. So I got a house that brings me some joy. I got a car that brings me some joy. And I definitely get some joy when I'm on vacation. What else brings me joy? All right. Okay, I'm a trim guy. I put trim in new houses. Okay? So you see all this trim right here, right? You know, on the ceiling, all that on the wall, all that, you know, that, that's me. That brings me great joy. Every day I get to go and do that. And I'm telling you, that brings me joy to be able to do this. Because I get to see a room that don't have nothing and then it looks like that. I like it. It brings me joy. My job does bring me some joy. I like what I do. Okay? What else? Oh, yeah. There's my family. Not all of them. I still, I got two kids. One in L.A., Kayla, and one's in Nashville. But that was just a picture I found. Michelle Maverick. Cayman in the back there, uh, our Jesus, hallelujah. And then we got Reggie, our grandson, our daughter Dana. I mean, that, that family, they make, they make me happy. They bring me joy. I mean, they do. When we're together, we have fun. I just love it. Now, what else brings me joy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Everything leads to that right there. Amen? I mean, she brings me joy. Leave it right there. I just want to leave that up there for a little while. She brings me great joy, okay? She does. I mean, she's, I'm telling you, it's, it's just amazing what she brings. But I showed you all those pictures for a reason. Every one of those pictures has an expiration date on it. That means sooner or later, all of them could be taken away from me. So what gave me some joy at any moment could be taken away from me. You know the joy of having a new car, but after the eighth payment. <laughs> or even if you paid the car off and you, whoo, whoo, it was big dog, okay? Eventually the car is just not going to have that same feel. You know when you first get a car and you get out and you kind of, come on Chris, you know what I'm talking about, get that new truck and you kind of, Going into Walmart or something, you just kind of, you know, bump into a vehicle. You know, you're kind of checking out your truck, man. I mean, I, you know, when I got my Dodge truck, I mean, it's like I get out and I go, wow, man, that thing looks good. Oh, excuse me, man. Sorry about that. You know what I'm saying? You're looking at your vehicle, you know. I mean, you're checking it out, you know. I mean, you're going on vacation. What do you do? You're checking the calendar. Oh, man, we just got a few more days left. Man, we're getting ready to go. Oh, man, you're pumped up. How many of you know that vacation has an expiration date on it? Uh-huh. We're about to get in the car and leave that beautiful scene. <laughs> Head to the real world is what we say. Back to the real world. Real world. Hallelujah. But my point is, is though I get excited about them and y'all get excited about those things. If our joy is built into those things, when they're removed, we crumble. But if our joy is in Jesus, I'm telling you, we will stand when all others fail. We will continue to stand and stand strong. Now, I'm not saying you ain't going to cry. You're not going to weep a little. Yes, those things are going to happen. Man, it's normal. But the problem is, deep down inside of there's a joy that is set before us that's bigger than the problem or the circumstance that may have just arised because of what was bringing you joy has been removed. You know, there is joy is an attitude of the heart that overrides circumstances and feelings. It means that you're delighting in the beauty of God and the salvation He gives us in Christ, even in difficult times of loss, disappointment, or pain. Everybody in 2019, you will experience some highs, and you're going to probably experience some lows. It's just going to happen. But it should not affect us. And it shall not affect us. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. We're going to look to Him. When all others look to other things, we're going to look to Jesus. And He's the one that's going to get us through to the other side. Now, the opposite of joy is really simple. It's despair. It's lack of, uh, lack of or fear of hope. It's negative. Without joy, this is what's going to happen. Now, the counterfeit, and this is what I wanted to focus on because we have a lot of people that have counterfeit joy. It's excitement and happiness that exist only when things are good, leading to mood swings. Happiness not in God but in the things He gives us. It's in things. When your happiness is in things, you're in a bad place. Things are meant to enjoy, not to embrace. God is desiring to get things to us so He can get things through us. That's His goal. He does want His children to live good. He wants His children to have good clothes. Of course, any good daddy would want that. But He wants to be able to give you something, give you something, and you're not so attached to it that you can just give it away. So guys, I say again, just like I said about, you know, talking about my country, I'm not going to talk to you if you're going to talk bad about my country. <laughs> Same thing is, if you give me something 
and you may see it in somebody else's life, just know that I don't cherish everything. I cherish Him. And if you give me a diamond ring, if you give me $2,000 and then I give it to Lori, she'll be happy. But that's okay. God wants us to be sharing these things. Just like with your joy, give your joy away. Give it away. He'll fill it back up. Constantly he'll be filling it up. So let's don't, let's don't, be, uh, let's don't be a counterfeit. We, want to, we don't want the fake joy. We want the real deal joy. We want the joy of the Lord that shocks the world around us. People hear about you losing a loved one, you walk in joy, and they're shocked. People hear about you losing your job, you walk in joy. The world's shocked. People hear about you having cancer or getting a bad report, and you continue to walk in joy. That shocks people around you. They don't know how to react. Guys, it's time for us to shock the world because I'm telling you, this world that we do live is on life support. And literally, we're to the place to where the world we live in needs to be put on the machine, and we need to just shock it. It's time for Christians to stand up and stand out. This is how we do it, that our branches are full of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And people see that. And then when they come around Belinda, they can pick off some peace because we know God's going to put some more peace there. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever went to an apple tree and you picked all the apples off it? You come back the next year, what's on that tree? Apples. It's the same thing with us. We want people constantly picking things. Not, we don't want people doing this. Oh, there comes Nathan. Let's get over here. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't want that. Because obviously you got some fruit on your tree nobody wants. Amen? When you come to work, we don't want people to walk around you. You know what I'm saying? We want people to want to take you to lunch. People that want to hang out with you and talk to you. I mean, sir, these are things that we can do. Just natural things that we can do to bring people to Christ. You don't have to go and preach the Bible. I would encourage you not to. I would encourage you to go live the Bible. Okay? Let them see Jesus in you. Okay? Then when you're sharing Jesus, guess what? I mean, I see this all the time, man. People will share Jesus with people, and the next thing you know, they're over there cussing. Drinking him a long neck beer. God's good, brother. Jesus is good. You need Jesus. Listen, man, I'm telling you guys, we need to stand up and stand out. Let's do things that bring him glory and bring people to Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. Because Jesus said in Hebrews chapter 12, he said this right here, and I want you to check this out. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, your loved ones, my loved ones, man, they're cheering us on right now. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto who? Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. I mean, guys, he was going up a hill with blood dripping off of him. Pain that we couldn't even imagine. But yet he says there was some joy set before him. How could somebody make a statement like that in such great agony? I mean, he wasn't telling jokes and cracking a smile and cutting up. He is, man, hamburger meat trying to go up there carrying his cross. He's in pain, guys. He's hurting. But he says that there was some joy that was set before him. Can that same joy be set before me and you when we go through things of hurt and pain? Absolutely it can. Jesus had joy on the inside of him that, that the world could not see. And that joy is what kept him going when everything in him probably wanted to quit. Did Jesus want to quit? Yeah, he had the temptation to quit. That joy that was in him was that he knew 
that this, this is temporary. The things uh, are going to get better because he trusted in his heavenly Father was going to take care of him. He also knew that the same joy he would have on the inside of him during a time of great joy would be made available to others that would follow him if he did not quit. Meaning that if he kept going, the joy that was in him was going to be available to all those as they went through those things. Because it just showed the world that he could go through something hard and it shows us the same thing. We can go through something hard and come out stronger and better. How long did that last with Jesus? Three days. Three days. Three days. Now that was three days that were long. Three days, guys. But what if he had responded differently? What if he had quit? What if he had said, I'm done? He had the same temptation we all do. Look what was on the other side of his yes. Sometimes the devil wants you to quit your job when Jesus is saying there's some joy set before you. I know it may be rough on your job. I know it may be rough in your family. I may be rough in your situation. But there's some joy that's set before you. And if you'll keep running the race and you'll stay in that race, there could be millions of people that are touched by your story. Just like there are still people giving their life to Jesus because he did not quit. The joy was me and you. Amen. That was the joy. The same joy should be flowing in our lives and I believe will flow in our lives in 2019. Amen. The joy that there's people on the other side of our yes. People on the other side of us counting it all joy. People on the other side that when we smile, when we hug, when we're sweet, when we're nice, there's people on the other side that could really receive and benefit from us walking it out. Instead of caving in and acting like the world. Is it going to be easy? Mm -mm. It's going to take determination. It's going to take desire. It's going to take you seeing others better than you see yourself. That takes commitment. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is you've got to stay connected to the vine. That's the big thought today. Stay connected to Jesus in 2019. When you're tempted to walk away, when you're tempted to not go to church, when you're tempted to do something that your heart's telling you not to, we stay connected to the vine because it's about others. It's about others. That's why a church exists. It's not about just us. It's about those that do not exist yet that they're walking in the dark. You know, the Bible says this in 1 John 1, 4. It says, And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. The same John that wrote the other. His prayer was that our joy be full. Why? If our joy is full, we will overcome anything in life. The Bible says you can't keep a good man down. You can't keep a good woman down. I'm going to tell you something. A woman that will fall down, a man that will fall down and get back up, I can tell you something. There's something on the inside of them impressing them to keep moving forward. They're seeing something. They're seeing something. Those that fall down and don't get back up, they have no vision. They don't see nothing. They see what's in front of them. God has called each one of us to greatness. And not only has He called you, He will equip you. He'll give you everything you need to get to where you need to go. We're going to be full of joy in 2019. We're going to do everything as unto the Lord with great, great, great joy. Everything we do. John 16, 24 says, Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Talking to His disciples. Ask and you will receive that you're what? Joy may be full. Why so much emphasis on this one word? Small word, big results. Small, it's the small things in life that we neglect 
that cause the earthquakes in our lives. All these small things we neglect and all of a sudden we end up in an earthquake in our life and it didn't happen by one bad mistake. It happened because we neglected to look at the small things in our life. And all God is saying, look, this is just a simple tweak. We're going to pray and we're going to ask God together as a family that our joy may be full because I believe there's many in this room that you look at your life and you say, you know what? <laughs> My joy is not where it needs to be. I let little things make me mad. I let little things tick me off. And guys, we've got to press beyond that. We've got to. We've got to push past that. And when we do, I'm telling you, there is something that opens up on the inside of each one of us. So with everybody, bow your head and close your eyes. I just want us to pray as a family that this joy that Jesus had, this joy that He had would rest in us. That today as we lift up our hearts and we lift up our hands and we just ask Jesus to fill our joy. We ask Him to fill our joy. He said that if we asked, He would fill it. So I'm believing right now that everybody in this room, that when you leave today, your joy tank will not be empty. Our joy tank will be filled up to overflowing. Because I'm telling you, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. We can't do this without joy. So if we're going to have a successful 2019, and we are, joy has to be an ingredient that you put in your life. Your branches have got to begin to flourish in 2019. Maybe right now the fruit that's hanging off your branches are maybe small. Maybe they're really little and they look insignificant. Maybe you can't even hardly see some of those in your life right now. Let's stay connected to the Holy Spirit. Let's stay connected to the vine and watch those fruits get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then when people start picking them off of you, watch God keep adding and watch your world change. The world is looking for hope, guys, and that's going to come from us. So, Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus right now. And we thank you, Father, that you sent your word and you healed us. And that today, as we've opened up the word of God, as we've looked deep into your word, we see Jesus expressing to us, to his disciples, to all those that would hear, that we needed to bear fruit. We needed to bear fruit and that we needed to be full of joy. And Father, I ask you right now, with all those that would have their hands raised, I pray for each and every one of them right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. If this is you, just receive it. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now to go inside of them and touch that joy meter on the inside of them. Maybe in some cases, just revive it. Bring life to it. Because, Father, I believe that everybody in this room is connected to Jesus. But, Father God, we've kind of been distracted somewhere along the way. Maybe we had our focus and attention in a direction that it didn't need to be. Maybe we begin to embrace some things in our lives that we shouldn't have embraced. Maybe we put a little bit too much affection on some things that we really wasn't supposed to. But nevertheless, Father, we know that coming to you, you can restore all things. And as we go into a new year, as the clock strikes 12 Tuesday or, or Monday night and 2019 appears on our calendar, I believe with all my heart, Father God, that this people right here are going to walk in joy like they've never walked in their life, Father. I believe that 2019 is going to be the greatest year of our lives because we choose joy. We choose to stay connected to the vine. So, Father, I ask you to fill them up right now in the name of Jesus.
Fill them up. That their tanks would overflow right now in Jesus' name. Just block everything out, guys. Open up your heart. It's between you and Jesus right here. Talk to Him. Talk to Him. And just, just tell Him, thank you for filling me up. Father, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Fill me up. I don't want to be a person that complains. I don't want to be a person that nags. I want to be a person that's full of joy, full of love. Hallelujah. We give you praise and glory and honor in the name of Jesus, Father, for what you're doing in this body of believers. We love you, Father. 